Hi everyone, this is Luca again. I know you miss Anton, he's gonna come back soon. Today we're gonna have another interview. We're gonna interview Valentina Musso. Uh, she recently graduated in, uh, in Erasmus Mundus joint master's degree in uh, European studies. Now she's gonna start her traineeship. Is we're waiting for Valentina to join. Hey, finally. Uh, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I was just speaking out a bit because when I joined the direct, uh, I was like having troubles with the connection. So ah. I hope it worked. <laughs> yeah, no surprises. Hopefully no, yeah, there's also, there's always a Wi-Fi problem during uh, <laughs> live stream, so don't worry, it's, uh, it's kind of normal. <laughs> but yeah, how, how are you doing? You just moved to Brussels, right? Yes. I moved yesterday, actually. I arrived yesterday night, so this is my first day, like, not my first day ever in Brussels, yeah. but <laughs> my first day of this new adventure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, first day of the, uh, the new adventure. And how do you find um, the place? How is it? Uh, I like it. I really like the, the place where I'm now, yes. Uh, actually, I'm living with another girl from our master. Oh, from okay. The yeah, she's there as well. And there are a bunch of bureaucrats around the city, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's not going to be hard to to uh, make friends, I guess. Yes. No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can already start a little bit with the uh, with the interview. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Sure. Okay. So let's start with the basic question. So who is Valentina? Who is Valentina Musso? Okay. So. Uh, I am a, a girl from Italy. Uh, I did my bachelor uh, in political science and international relations at the University of Pavia. Uh, it is a, like a very small town near, to, near Milan. Um, and then on my third year, I decided to do an Erasmus uh, in Belgium, in Antwerp, because I was kind of getting bored with the quiet Italian life <laughs> in this very pretty story. <laughs> but yeah very quiet so I wanted to meet new people I wanted to try to live abroad uh, because I had I had previous experiences abroad but they were like um, more like studying experiences for short term like those you you, you do when you, you are a teenager basically yeah, yeah. so it wasn't like a, a true experience like alone by myself so I said okay I'm gonna do uh, the Erasmus and after that, I think I never stopped moving because I graduated um, and then I, I did a thesis in European law and then I decided to do the master's in Euroculture uh, that you know very well. <laughs> oh yeah, but maybe some people don't know what Euroculture is, so maybe if you want to explain. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so basically, uh, I enrolled in this master's. Uh, it is a two-year master's around Europe. And I liked it because it has both like a more theoretical approach, but also a practical one with the possibility to do a trainship um, wherever you want, basically in the world. Uh, and I liked it also because, yeah, you, you could basically, you can basically move every six months and meeting new people, which is good and bad at the same time. Like it's super nice, but as you know very well, it's also a bit challenging because yeah. it means like, I mean, for you it was even more challenging in time of coronavirus, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little bit of a mess, but yes, <laughs> it was complicated. Yeah, definitely. Because um, we like basically like our master's degree is um, is based on mobility, and we couldn't really um, move that much. So yeah, that was a huge issue. Um, 
yeah, like our our studies during these times, it's kind of weird because yeah, because you don't know what to uh, what to do because basically like it's all based on mobility, on moving abroad, knowing new cultures, uh, by living there. But then yeah, 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 but, exactly. So basically, I said okay, I want to do these masters, and it happened by chance because I wanted also something that has to do with human rights, but also mm -hmm. with culture. So I, I, re, I literally Googled it, <laughs> Masters in Culture and Human Rights Studies and European Studies, and I found these Masters. Uh, I did the first semester in Krakow and the second semester in Strasbourg, mm -hmm. uh, because actually I didn't choose these two destinations by chance, but I, I wanted to live more like in Eastern Europe somehow, like having this more Eastern experience and then yeah. moving like, to the West. And Strasbourg, it's a very specific city, I mean, it's uh, yeah. the heart of Europe, it's a bit like Brussels, but even more peculiar, I think. Uh, I, I would say, I'm sorry if I interrupt you, but I would say that Strasbourg is, um, is Europe like uh, in a larger uh, view, like it's not Europe, just European Union, but it's really Europe, uh, which Strasbourg. Exactly. It's like, yeah. really, uh, I mean, also because of the Council of Europe, but in general, like it's, uh, it's really for, well, there are also like other organizations there that are, um, that involve just like, not just, not just European Union, but like Europe uh, as, a, as a whole. So I think that's why it's, uh, it's more interesting because it's both European and international. Uh, exactly. so that's... Yeah, and this is like this cross-border culture with the Germany as well. So yes. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then I did a trainship in Brussels uh, through this master. I did this trainship at the European Festival Association, which is like active on the, the field of cultural management, of mm -hmm. management of cultural projects and events. And then I ended up again in Brussels yeah. <laughs> after after seven months in Italy and back to Brussels. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, it's also uh, yeah because we actually met when I was doing my second semester in Strasbourg exactly. and you were doing your last semester in Strasbourg. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just then graduated in European studies. Can you tell me then what was your thesis about first? Yes. So my thesis uh, was actually about the intra-European mobility of the young Italian graduates, uh, the current intra-European mobility. And I wanted to connect uh, European studies with youth studies. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, I wanted to see what is the impact of a mobility experience uh, on transitions to adulthood of young Italian graduates. So basically, I looked at their motivations for moving, uh, yeah. at the challenges that Italians abroad uh, face, are facing, um, at the identity negotiation, and finally, uh, at the future perspectives. I would say that what is most interesting about this thesis is that I really wanted to give voice to all those Italians who are abroad continuously moving and not like officially registered abroad. So they escape yeah. the statistics somehow, but there are already quite a lot of young Italians, and not only young now, uh, also older, I mean, abroad, uh, but the number is increasing also of those who actually move for short-term term periods and maybe for like an internship, as it is my case, yeah. or like short-term short, short -term, um, jobs, like these kind of things, and there are really a lot. Um, and I wanted to investigate why they decided to move, actually. Uh, this was, I think, the most interesting uh, part, probably. Actually, one thing that I think it's interesting of uh, that part is uh, youth employment, uh, which is something that you touched a little bit on your thesis. Like, can, can you, I don't know, I would be interested if you could explain more on this part of your thesis. Yes, sure. Uh, so basically, um, when I interviewed these graduates, I asked them why they decided to move. 
uh, and let's say that next to more like cultural motivation, I call them non-economic motivations to use like mm -hmm. more general yeah. to say that Italians decided to go abroad because they wanted to have like a different experience in a different cultural and social context to, to grow personally, culturally, uh, somehow professionally as well. Uh, like just for the pleasure of having an experience abroad, you know, like they said, okay, we're young, uh, now it's a time to, to try to like to follow our dreams and to not fe to fear anything and just going abroad and, fo and follow our passions. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, all of them highlighted the importance that an experience abroad means for gaining economic independence yeah. uh, and to find a job or like a friendship matching their skills which is something the Italian, Italian graduates are struggling a lot in Italy to find. Um, this also depends on the type of like on the type of bachelor or master's that you have, of course, uh, because also what I noticed with my thesis is that among those studying like European studies, such as us, or like international relations or linguistics or even like economics, there's a high propensity to migrate or like mm -hmm. to, to be by to look for job or internship opportunities abroad. Uh, but anyways, I also interview people like that are doctors or like researchers in the field of engineering and uh, biology, but they decided anyways to, to pursue their careers and their dreams abroad. Um, there were like two main motivations. The first one, of course, is that they couldn't find um, like job matching their skills. Uh, they, or at least some of them even found jobs matching their skills in Italy, but they were like low paid, um, mm. and they were not, they were considered as mm, as valuable as uh, non-qualified workers. So basically having a degree or not having a degree didn't make any difference in the job market in the end. To me, it sounds a little bit weird. Obviously, like, it sounds a little bit weird. I say this because we're from opposites, kind of, of Italy because you're from the north and I'm from the south. For me, it's kind of normal like to hear that, you know, from my peers from the south, that if they study uh, certain things, for example, international relations or European studies or similar like linguistics, obviously you need to leave because there's nothing in the south. Like it's not international enough. So basically, yeah, you can, re there are some companies that are international companies in, um, in the south, especially in Naples. I'm I'm complaining, but actually like in Naples, uh, let's say the best in the South, so I, I shouldn't complain. But again, compared to Milan uh, or uh, Pavia, like I think, or Turin or Venice, I think we're pretty bad in internationalization of companies or international organizations being there. Yeah. So to me, it kind of, uh, it's, um, yeah, th there is this kind of aspect in Italy that, that it should be considered a little bit. Like, did you consider this thing of North and South in your thesis or? You should just consider like Italy in general uh, as a whole. So this is a very interesting question. Thanks for asking it. Um, so I think uh, that my original idea was to deepen this difference between the North and the South, because of course I was talking about a migration from Italy, like to abroad, to another European country. But for lots of Italians that I interviewed, mm, this was like, uh, there was not only like an external migration, but before an internal migration, exactly from yeah. the from the south to the north, for example. Yeah. So them decided to go to study directly, like in the north, for example. Yeah, they first, for example, to Milan uh, to to study to do their bachelors, and then they stayed there for their masters, and then for the job. So yeah. 
this was somehow what happened. Uh, the sample was not balanced uh, when I, if, if we look at like the uh, country of origin, like the region of origin, because I had like out of 17 interviewed, um, I had like only five from the South. Um, oh, okay. and, yeah, and what was interesting noticing is that, yeah, indeed I couldn't did go so much in depth in this aspect, but it's interesting to note that some of them were coming from the islands, uh, like Sicily oh. and, yeah. yeah, from Sicily and from Sardinia. Uh, and yeah, uh, and they were really stressing how, uh, how much they wanted to go abroad, uh, especially because not only for the lack of, uh, um, of jobs uh, matching their qualifications, and this was the case of the guy from Sicily. He really stressed, I don't like, I mean, I like my land, I'm attached to my land, but I come from a very small town where there's nothing to do, where there's also a lot of corruption. I don't see my future there. Uh, it would be harder to be in the future there. And those coming from Sardinia said, instead said that they feel kind of marginalized compared to the rest of the country. So they said, I wanted to move abroad uh, just to see a new reality, a different reality, uh, and also to void this difference like um, between, uh, let's say, uh, being uh, like, uh, they, they said that when they were abroad, they felt Italians. And mm -hmm. they didn't feel the difference between I'm from the north, I am from the south. Like, for example, I am from Liguria, you're from Naples, and we introduce each other and we say, oh, yeah, I'm Napolitan or Liguria. But when they were, they felt less differences uh, with the other Italians abroad, no matter where they were coming from, like regional differences. No, yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. When you're, uh, when you're abroad, obviously, you don't really feel the, that much the, uh, the difference between... Um, yeah, between regions, because uh, especially when you have to present yourself to other people from other countries, you just say, yeah, I'm Italian. That's, uh, that's, that's what matters, and that's uh, what you're representing. Yeah. yeah. They were like, the Italians are abroad, abroad more like let's, patriotic, let's say. Like yeah. they feel more united <laughs> than look, <laughs> at the like, uh, country level, where we often say, oh, yes, the south is better than the north, the north is better than the south, or like, you know, like when there's still this kind of division sometimes that I don't know, like that. This is kind of like okay. I have to, I have to admit, sometimes I, I, I say this a little bit because obviously from no. Naples, I, but the thing is, but the thing is that that uh, like I realize that actually I don't really, I don't say I, okay. I have, I say sometimes that maybe in Naples the food is better. I might say it sometimes, <laughs> but. Uh, but still, like, I, I still recognize that, you know, obviously, like, uh, if someone says, oh, oh I want to go to Rome or I want to go to Lazio, I'm going to tell them, yeah, you can eat this, this, and there, this, and this there, you can see this, this, and that, uh, because obviously, like, every region is completely different from the other. So, like, obviously, you yeah. you recognize that, like, the, the, the special things that every region has, uh, but at the same time, obviously, you prefer yours, so <laughs> you're still going to vote yeah. for yours, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I but... Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, not all the people do this, you know, like they, there are some yeah. people that really try to highlight, not in a way, but more negative way, this north-south. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Different, yeah. Belonging, and, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's, yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, that, I hope it's not that common. <laughs> I really hope that it's not that common, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's proceed with um, with your um, with your interview. Let's go more in detail. I'm sorry if I I always need to talk about food every in, uh, no, no, in some no, way. 
I can talk for hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about youth unemployment, uh, your thesis, and yeah, I, I wanted to continue a little bit with your thesis. Like, yeah, we can, okay, we, we talked to each other, so we know. But I wanted to ask you now uh, on this interview, how was your thesis impacted by the pandemic? Because again, you needed to interview some people. You need a sample of people to interview to, uh, to get uh, your statistics right, so. How was it? How was writing your thesis in general with the stress of the pandemic and uh, and everything else? I don't know, everything connected to it. Okay, so I had to say that uh, actually in the beginning I thought, okay, uh, it's going to be harder because it's going to be harder to find people to interview, especially like to interview in person, you know, because I started mm -hmm. the interview when I was in Brussels and there uh, I, I managed to have all the interviews like in persons, to make all the interviews in persons. Uh, at home or like where I used to live or like in cafes, stuff like that. But then when the pandemic started already in Strasbourg, I was in Strasbourg when everything happened and I had so many meetings planned with the other Italian guys living in Strasbourg, but of course I, I canceled them and we did everything online. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I think m many people accepted to be interviewed like more than what I expected. Like at a certain point I had to say, I'm sorry guys, but I, I have enough. <laughs> Uh, people um, because I think people were kind of not bored during the quarantine but also bored yeah, yeah. <laughs> bored. <laughs> or even if you're working maybe you miss like talking with someone uh, having a contact with someone so they're very, they were very willing to share their stories with me and that made me very happy uh, because I thought okay even though there is the pandemic I managed to collect like 21 interviews and then I uh, selected 17 uh, but still, it, it wasn't difficult from this point of view, I guess. It was also very interesting because they share with me what it meant for them uh, being mobile during the pandemic. So this is another yeah. topic that um, I somehow tackled as well in my thesis, like these uncertain times and um, in which we are living, like the fact of being far from your family, especially this was mentioned by lots of the participants. Like, I don't know where I'll be able to see my family um, and some of them were thinking about actually then coming back to Italy and finding a job there uh, because they wanted oh. to be yeah the way so it did affect it did affect their uh, decision making after after all like because yeah at first obviously you would just want to move abroad because it's uh, it's better for you for your CV um, but then like you know there's a pandemic and then that's okay if the job is not the best as long as it's near my my family so yeah it's, it's interesting yeah, it really was. Uh, it was more difficult, I think, the process of writing, uh, like putting together than all the interviews, analyzing the data, just because like um, I live in a family of four, but like our house is, is, is small. I mean, uh, I shared the, the room with my sister, but my sister, she's eight years younger than me. So she needed to, of course, to follow classes online. Uh, my dad was working from home. Uh, so uh, it was more difficult actually uh, to work from home because I missed the, the library. I missed my buddies in Strasbourg, like, hey, let's go to the library, it's right. let's write a chapter and then have a coffee, you know? It's, um, it's different. Yeah. Um, it's more challenging. And no, yeah, it's, yeah it, was definitely, it was definitely more, different, uh, more difficult, like for us as well. Even though we didn't have to write uh, theses, we were just writing papers, it was already like complicated. I know, I know. Also, I don't know, you also need to take a, a real break, you know, have a walk, you know, like do something yeah. and you couldn't. Literally couldn't, so. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, during the 
quarantine all days look the same like you get up and you start writing and then yeah you get distracted <laughs> very easily yeah and, yeah, yeah. But again, like also another thing that I wanted to ask you, because we were, okay, so I was second semester when we met and you were fourth semester, both looking for an internship, uh, maybe in your case, also an entry level job. So there was like, at least for me, I, I completely panicked when the pandemic happened because I saw like a lot of internship getting canceled uh, or getting postponed. So I was like, okay, I'm never going to find a, I'm never going to find a job now. I'm never going to find an internship. And it was hard for me that I was doing my second semester. And I still needed to do a third and fourth. So how was it for you to apply um, for internships and for uh, entry-level jobs or whatever you applied for during the pandemic? Okay, so uh, first let me say that I, like, uh, I, I want to show you my solidarity because I was thinking about you guys, like, I mean, obliged to do the traineeship, like, for your curriculum. So I was like, yeah. I hope they will find something. I, I can imagine you, you struggle a lot. Uh, but I, I also did, did struggle. Uh, I mean, of course, uh, while I was writing the thesis, uh, and, and also now, I still don't have very clear in mind what I want to do. But of course, there were jobs uh, and like entry-level position or trainship that I was interested in. So I sent uh, my CV and like motivation letter, but I got very few replies. Uh, sometimes you needed to be, for example, yeah. if, uh, where I applied in, in Brussels, sometimes you needed to be there already. Uh, because of like coronavirus they wanted you to be in the city already or uh, like yeah it, it was it was a very bad situation it is a very bad situation I think in general it wasn't already quite difficult for people coming from our background to find a job uh, entry-level position uh, with the pandemic was even more difficult yeah uh, definitely uh, because you get you get few replies and then First, I thought maybe it's me that I'm wrong, but then I had talks with my other friends and they were all on the same boat. Yeah, exactly. Like, Everyone okay. in situation. Yeah, exactly. And you get many, you got many rejections, but besides rejections, a lot of ghosting, which is yeah, not yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, a lot of ghosting. <laughs> uh, this is definitely not nice. Uh, so. No, yeah, but, but then in the end, then you kind of managed because you kind of won the lottery of internships, at least for people like us that study, that the European studies or international relations, because now you are a blue book trainee. So, yes. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a huge thing. I don't know, at least for me, like I would be so happy right now. I would be saying it like every two sentences, I would say like, oh, do you know that I'm a blue book trainee? Like, yeah, that's, that's funny because I am actually in the beginning, I applied for it like in January, 2020, uh, for starting in October. And as you may know, but I think lots of people don't know, I mean, if you're not in the field, uh, but it take, it is a very long process and yeah. there is a lot of competition um, also because they look, for example, nationality, like there should be a certain proportionality in, in terms of nationality. So, uh, and there are always a lot, a lot of Italians applying, girls yeah. especially as well. Yeah. So it's very, very competitive. Uh, but in January, I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. I applied also for the parliament and for the council. Uh, like a year before, but I, I never applied for the commission. This was my first time. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm gonna just try it. I have like uh, a bit of more experience now in the field of project management, which is what I would like to do uh, in the commission. So I applied and then uh, I think it was a bit of luck um, because there were very, very few places because of, of coronavirus. So mm -hmm. I was basically, I basically thought, okay, I don't have any chances. 
uh, it's already like September, so it's done. And then they called me and they told me, are you still interested? I said, yes, of course. So here I am. Uh, I think it was a bit of luck and also somehow faith because I always like faith in, um, I, I'm, not that I have faith in something specific, but you know, like when you really want something yeah. uh, in the end, I mean, all the objections for the previous jobs because I really wanted to go in the in the commission and maybe that's why. Well, did they did they first tell you no and then they asked you if you were interested? No, no, no. Uh, it actually happened that I did a lot of lobbying. Uh, like I lobbied a lot uh, when I entered this blue book train, blue book, um, which is like the book where all the trainings are. You know, like this database. And then there are like different head of units that may be interested in your profile and they, they can pick you up. Um, I sent my CV and my motivation letters, like not really motivations, but like introduction of who I was, what I wanted to do to a lot, a lot of people. Uh, just to, yeah, to show them that I was really interested in, in doing a trainship there. And that's actually how I, I, I got the trainship because they told me a colleague of us sent you, sent us your CV. Uh, so okay. probably if I have never contacted them, I would not, I would not be here. I mean, that's, uh, no, it's good. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. That you were basically called by, uh, by, yeah, you're basically like, let's say recommended from another colleague. So it's like, Oh, like yeah. someone, someone really thought your CV was good and maybe they didn't have any yeah. space left or like, okay, you hire them. Like you hire her because she's good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really nice. I mean, I don't yeah. say it's luck because your CV must be great. Again, because you were accepted, like they told me no. <laughs> like I, I sent this, I, I applied, they were like, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need you. Like, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then, and, uh, and then with you, like basically they, they made you wait a lot, but then they said, yes. And, they, and again, someone else, um, uh, showed your CV. So it's even, I don't know, I would say, I would be even more proud. So congrats to you. Like, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I was very happy. And actually I got like an offer one day on one day and the day after I got another offer <laughs> from another sector. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of, I think also a lot of people probably renounced due to the coronavirus. Maybe they were not, I don't think they were not brave because it's your choice. I mean, I can understand yeah. that um, going, moving to a country, which is the third, <laughs> the third, like on the list for countries affected by the coronavirus, like yeah. the global, like there are a lot, a lot of cases in Brussels. So I know it may be like a difficult decision to take, um, yeah. but yeah. No, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people in general are afraid of um, of moving abroad because everyone loves traveling. But then again, when you have to move abroad, uh, it's always like uh, a different thing. That's why, like, a lot of people love to do Erasmus experiences, as in, you know, going from for six or three months to another place. But then actually moving, like, doing a university, uh, like studying abroad, like for real, uh, it's always harder than you know just doing six months because yeah. you don't have to go through any any bureaucratic thing. You don't have to do anything if you do just an Erasmus. It's just fine. You know, you just uh, give some documents to the university and that's it. You don't have to really do anything else. Um, and especially when you're, when you're talking about working abroad um, and uh, for a big institution, let's be honest, uh, obviously the pressure is on. Yeah. So you need to be uh, 100% sure that you want to do that. Otherwise, like, why even bother? Like, you know, like, you obviously, because otherwise you'll feel like, yeah, you don't want to quit uh, a big thing like that in the middle. 
because no, you would um yeah because you would i don't know i think you would never find your job like i would i would not give you a job <laughs> if you told me that you refused uh to work in the commission like a month after working there <laughs> um but yeah uh now yeah now you're um you are um a blue book trainee and uh, what are your plans now you're gonna start on um, next week right uh, on friday actually on friday. yeah it's gonna be thursday yeah uh so basically um i'm gonna work uh, in the executive agency uh, that deals with like uh, programs like projects in the field of uh, audiovisual culture and education so yeah. basically they're responsible for managing the um, the budget for these projects that are implemented then like at the local, regional or national level, like there are the calls, the, this agency yeah. makes some calls uh, for proposals and then you can apply. Um, and, uh, and then if you get a fund, you can start your project in different fields. For example, in the field of Erasmus, this is a very basic one. Yeah. If, if you are like a group of three universities, let's say one in Italy, one in Belgium and one in Finland, and you want to create a joint program, you go to the commission, like there's a proposal by this mm -hmm. made by agency, uh, you can apply. And if you win, uh, you start like implementing these projects, for example, exchanging students, uh, yeah. which can be yeah, at the high school level or university level, uh, or exchanging also professors, like visiting professors, these kind of things, like um, to give a concrete example, because I, I also guess it's, it always sounds a bit mysterious what's happening in the European institutions yeah. or like in the European Union in general, you know, like... Uh, but no, but it's nice. No, but it's nice you explained that because we had an episode a couple of weeks ago where it was project management and EU funds. So basically, um, we kind of talked about it from uh, from an organization perspective and now you're, you're going to do the job from the uh, commission perspective because you're going to be the one... Yeah. Uh, checking all the budget, like if everything is all right, if someone asked for too much money for not uh, not such a, a big thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that you're going to be on the other side now. So it's, um, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So last, maybe, year, last year I was from the side of the organization. Yeah. <laughs> so my organization I was working for was getting funds, funding from uh, European Commission, I mean from European Union, from Creative Europe. And now yeah. I'm going to see how it is to be. No, yeah, basically, it's what I'm doing right now as well. So it's uh, it's interesting to know that you're on the other side, and um, and yeah, I mean now it means that in a couple of months we're gonna interview again just to know how it's going, because <laughs> in um, in February there's a uh, there's the call right there's gonna be the call for um, for proposals in February. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe around yeah. that time we're gonna we're gonna have another um, another interview. So you're also gonna be there. Um, for a couple of months, so you can tell us more about your job uh, at the commission. Yeah, I still have to start, so I just I know I know a bit what I'm going to do, but not exactly, of yeah. course, <laughs> all the aspects of my new job. No, yeah, but but still, like it's still it's still good that uh, that you managed to uh, to go there and to do the uh, traineeship um, to a blue book trainee. Uh, but do you have any plans on going back to uh, Italy afterwards, like after the traineeship, or do you want to still work internationally? Oh, it's it's a very difficult question. I mean, 
I kind of, I'm kind of torn as, as the people I interviewed for my thesis, they were all saying like, oh, I like being abroad by my family, my friends, like, yeah. uh, but also in Italy, I, I don't have the same job opportunities that I, um, that I have abroad. So I would say that for the moment, of course, I will finish this, finish this friendship and I, I, I will see how it goes. But I mean, I, I really love being abroad. Uh, for example, also being in Brussels in the beginning, I hated it last year, but then I, I got used to it. I discovered like the things that I like about the city. So I, I like being abroad. I like meeting people yeah. from all over, not only Europe, but the world. It's a, it's a very nice enriching experience. Also humanly speaking, uh, not only professionally or academically, I think, but I, I truly believe that there's nothing, I mean, there's no place like your country, you know? Uh, so. I think in my situation, I would like to gain maybe a little bit more of experience abroad and then come back to Italy, but working for like, um, like working in an international sector in Italy, if this would be possible. I mean, this would be the ideal situation, like still traveling, you know, like uh, I think a job in Italy, but um, traveling to, I don't know, yeah, or Europe or the world, it doesn't matter. Um, but just to keep having a, a bigger picture in mind, you know, because if you stay yes. always in the country, you don't have it. It's, it's not the same, but even traveling, if you travel, okay, if you travel a lot, still you open up your minds and all these kinds of things, but living really in another country. Yeah, I that, think, takes, yeah. that gives you uh, yeah. an extra push. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it is it is a really uh, tough question because I also wouldn't know how to answer that because yeah I mean at least right now I think I would say that no like I would at least at least another uh, five years uh, five six years I wanna still be traveling and then we'll see about yeah. going back to Italy um, not even traveling yeah just working abroad just working uh, somewhere yeah. that is not Italy uh, again yeah also just to get that that extra thing that you get from other countries because again if you work one year in Spain you learn a lot of things about like Spanish working culture and then if you work one year in Belgium you learn a lot about Belgian uh, working culture and then you know and you do all this in different countries and when you go back actually you have um, a really big added value because you're like okay yeah I can you know I can understand this isn't that and can work basically really in every environment um, yeah. And yeah, that will be that will be nice. But I don't know. I guess we will see how it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I also I also see like see it like I'm still young. I mean, yeah, exactly. uh, until I have this age, like let's say till thirty, I can yeah. <laughs> do these things. But then I think at a certain point you want to set up your family. You know, like having yeah. having a whole life. And I think it's very important as well. Uh, so I mean, it's always a choice in life. You know. Uh, it's, no, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough question. Let's let's not answer it now. Let's see That's that. Yeah. Question, yeah. <laughs> let's just say that it's for another day. That's a question for another day. Yeah, right. So thank you very much for your uh, conversation. Already talked for a long time, and um, I just wanted to ask you if you have anything you want to promote. Maybe I don't know. Maybe your thesis. Like, is your thesis available somewhere where someone can read it? Actually, it's not available online, but on the library of the University of Krakow. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Uh, but of course, if if people are interesting, like they can send me a PM on Instagram, and I would be very happy to share uh, the, I mean, my work with them. Uh, or if they have any kind of questions, I would be happy to answer. 
uh, I'm maybe thinking about, I still don't know, but maybe turning this thesis into like a wider project, like maybe publishing some of the interviews, like um, some of the stories, uh, of course, with the interviews agreement, like they already said, okay, for my thesis, but um, I don't know if they would like to be published maybe online. Uh, but it would be nice because I think they have they they had they had very they have very interesting stories to tell. Mm -hmm. They were all very smart people, uh, very friendly, and uh, so I, I think they they have some interesting things to to tell to the public. So maybe who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> step yeah, step. That's also that's also interesting. Yeah, like uh, using your thesis to uh, and kind of evolve it uh, in uh, in some way. But yeah, I mean again. Thank you. If you don't have anything else to promote, thank you very much for um, for being here with uh, with us. Uh, and thanks to you for having proposed me this. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was again. It was interesting interviewing you because you're you're doing a dream job, at least for me, like a, a traineeship <laughs> at the at the commission. So it's it's great. So yeah, it was really nice uh, listening to your story. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna see everyone else next week. So thank you. Thanks to you, Luca. Good luck with everything. <laughs> bye. Bye, bye. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our episode. Um, make sure you follow us, you rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter. You can find us as United Citizens of Europe. See you next week. <laughs>